Welcome to Marksmen, a podcast for men who've been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and want to welcome you to the podcast today. Thanks for joining me here around the Word of God. Excited, as always, to get into the Scripture, get into a conversation, not just with you, but with the Lord. And I believe He's going to be a part of our conversation, as always. My prayer is that you would hear something that would stir your heart and even provoke conversation between you and the Lord, you and your family, you and your wife, uh, you and your children. If you have children, if you're married, um, but just your heart. Well, I want to see your heart just be provoked to the Lord and encouraged towards the Lord. And uh, it's just good to come around the Word of God together. I want to give a shout out today. I'm wearing some. Uh, merch from a dear friend of mine and brother in Christ, truly a marksman down in Needville, uh, Texas, a church we were at recently in the last month. And his name's Brandon Sullivan. Just lined, he just launched a line of merch called One Man Army. So I'm representing today here with One Man Army. On the back of it, it's got a skull and it says, Die to Self. <laughs> Praise God. And we're going to maybe dig into a little bit of that issue today on Marksman. But uh, anyway, I want to give a shout out to Brandon Sullivan, One Man Army. How I many know oh, he, he tore down that middle wall of separation and he has brought Jew and Gentile together and we are now one new man in Christ Jesus. So anyway, shout out to Brandon. And again, thanks for joining me today. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. We're going to be looking in this chapter for the next few weeks together the context here is Paul is getting ready to leave the region of Ephesus. And as he gets ready to leave, the elders from the church in Ephesus, and again, it's not necessarily one assembly, one congregation. It just says the elders from Ephesus could have been numerous assemblies, including house churches, things like that. But the elders from the region notice the church in Ephesus, um, came to see him off. And so that's the context of what is happening here in Acts chapter 20. And so we're going to just take some things from this conversation, what Paul said, what they said, what's going on, and we're going to let our own hearts receive some encouragement and instruction here as we dig into this. So let's get into Acts 20. And beginning in verse 17, it says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, he called for the elders of the church. And so, obviously, there would have been men represented, and probably not just men, but no doubt men are represented there as elders of the church. And when they were come to him, they said unto him, it's what he said, you know that from the first day when I came into Asia, after what manner of man I had been with you at all seasons. So one of the first things that Paul mentions here is his consistency. How many know as men, it's important that we are consistent. And it says at all seasons. It makes me think about something he said to the Philippians. He said, I know how to abound. I know how to be abased. I know how to have plenty. I know how to suffer need. And that's the famous scripture we all quote. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And of course, we can apply that in principle to other things you know, that we're wanting to do with God's grace and God's help. But the context of when he said that was, is how he would be so consistent 
in Christ, that he would have a contentment, he would have a joy, he would have a peace, he would have a focus, and circumstances would not cause him to deviate. And that's what we're going to get into in just a moment later on in this passage. But that's the first thing he highlights, what manner of man I was to you in all seasons, serving the Lord with humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line in wait of the Jews. Now, we're not going to dive into that right now. We're just going to touch on it, mention it. But in a future episode, we're going to dig into the adversity that Paul faced, and he faced tremendous adversity. And yet he remained focused, like he said, in all these different seasons, and he was with them in times of adversity, times where they shed tears together. No doubt there was loss that they experienced together. And yet he said, verse 20, I kept nothing back that would be profitable to you. He said, I held nothing back. And you know what, men? I want to make that commitment to you. I don't want to hold anything back that's going to benefit you. And of course, in Paul saying that, he's saying that obviously I'm going to maybe have to talk about things that maybe it's just maybe not the popular thing to talk about. And so when we get into some of our conversations in Marksman, it's not always just going to be the encouraging subjects, the popular subjects. In fact, I'm sure as we dig in through this chapter, we're going to be getting into things that again, may be polarizing, um, may be dealing with some stuff that we all have to just hmm, think about, pray about, seek God. Again, not trying to be controversial, but how many know Jesus, without any doubt, was the most controversial man in his generation. And in fact, I would say today is probably the most controversial man in human history. I mean, just think about it. Think about what controversy. And you say, well, what witness do you have to that? Well, look at that little sliver of land called Israel, how that little piece of territory is affect, is affecting total global geopolitics. I mean, look at how controversial Israel is today. And the only reason Israel is controversial today is because of one man, Jesus Christ. And so there's just something about following Jesus that's going to put you in controversial situations. Doesn't mean you have to go looking for a fight, but if something develops, we got to know how to stand our ground. We got to know how to stay focused like Paul in every season, even in the midst of tremendous adversity. And Jesus made this promise. Scripture makes this promise. All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So persecution is just part of what we sign up for as a follower of Christ. And yet we know that when we face adversity, when we face persecution, we have a promise from scripture that God will walk with us in it. It's like the three Hebrews in the fire in the book of Daniel. Well, there'll be a fourth man in the fire. Amen. So if you and your buddies are in the fire, there's a fourth man in the fire. And so I'm just excited to be in the fire with you. But we're not alone. Jesus is with us in the fire, in our trials, in our temptations, in our time of testing, no matter what season life has. 
So let's continue back in Acts 20. He says, I kept nothing back that was profitable to you, but I've shown you and I've taught you publicly and even from house to house. So there was that corporate gathering, that assembly gathering, and yet he got real intimate and personal with certain ones and literally went from house to house. And in many cases in the book of Acts, you even see representation of churches that gathered in houses. And so that was a thing as well. So he goes on to say, testifying both to Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance towards God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except the Holy Spirit witnesses that in every city bonds and affliction abide me or are waiting for me. That's the King James. Wow. So how'd you like to have that prophecy? (laughs) I mean, the prophet says, stand up. I got a word for you. And he's not prophesying a lot of money into your bank. And he's not prophesying that you're just going to stand before thousands and shake nations. No, he's prophesying that no matter where you go, you're going to face bonds and imprisonments and afflictions. That was Paul's prophecy. That was Paul's word. In fact, it started on the road to Damascus where Jesus appeared to him and said, I'm going to show you what things you're going to suffer for my name's sake. How many know, men, it's not changed today. Like I said, if we're going to live godly and we're going to be Christ followers, there's going to be good seasons. There's going to be wonderful seasons in life, but we're not going to go through this life as a Christ follower, truly devoted, truly discipled by him and not face persecution, not face misunderstanding, not face affliction. Certainly we'll face temptation. We all have flesh, but here's the good news. Jesus said, follow me. I have overcome this world and he's put the same spirit inside of you and I that he was anointed with where he overcame every trial, test and temptation. So here's the word. I have a word to get to Jerusalem, and yet I've been promised by the Spirit through prophecy that I'm going to have both bonds and affliction waiting for me in every city along the way. You could say it this way. Paul, everywhere he went, had revival and he had riot. <laughs> he had both revival and riot. And we'll get into some of those scriptures in a future podcast later on this month, and you don't want to miss that. But verse 24, here's our text for our next series of studies and conversations. Verse 24, I want you to be meditating on this, men. I want you to just be digging into this passage with me as we study together, as we walk together, as men who've been marked by Christ. He says, but none of these things move me. Now think about everything that he just highlighted and even his prophetic word that he'd been given both from the Lord and other witnesses of the spirit that wherever I go, whatever city I enter, I will have revival. I'll have a move of God, but I'm also going to have a move of the flesh and there's going to be resistance. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be affliction. There's going to be trials. There's going to be temptation. He says, but 
None of these things move me. I want you to say that with me, men, because I'm sure you're facing situations. You've probably got some challenges in your life. I've got challenges in mine. Everybody's got challenges. We're facing difficult times. Second Timothy 3 says, in the last days, perilous times will come. So these are just perilous times. It's not like a few are handpicked to go through perilous times. No, we're in the last days and these are perilous times. One version of that scripture says times that are hard to deal with. Maybe you've had some things that's just been hard to deal with, relational things, perhaps things in your marriage, things with your children, things with grandchildren, things with other family members, siblings, or maybe grandparents. Um, Again, not just opposition and persecution, but just maybe difficult times, times where there's been an extended uh, illness or something like that. Maybe you've got somebody facing and dealing with cancer. Maybe you've got somebody in your family that's physically, uh, or I should say financially, going through a very difficult time. Uh, Maybe somebody you know just lost a job, um, and now they're in this weird place trying to, what's my next step? Where do I go? And all kinds of difficulties I could just name out that we all go through. But here's the good thing. Here's the promise. Like Paul, when we keep our focus on Christ, It's not that we're acting like it's not going on. It's not like we're pretending it's not happening. No, we're just not letting what's going on around us move us. So if these things don't move us, what moves us? What's the fuel in our tank? What's the wind in our sail? It's keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's keeping that relationship fresh between you and him, you and your father in heaven. That relationship, that time with him, his word, his spirit, these are the things that move us. And community, like you and I, brothers in Christ, fellowship with other brothers, fellowship with other believers, these are the things that keep us moving the redemptive plan of God. I love what one person said. He said, every generation has a responsibility to move the plan of God forward in their generation. Well, these are the things that move us. But like Paul, we can also say, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself so that I might finish my course and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of God's grace. So I'm going to read verse 24 to you again, and I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to pick this conversation up next week in a little bit more detail on some of these points. He said, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course, with joy, and the ministry, or you could say my service in the kingdom, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of God's grace. Now, I promise you, men, there's something in this verse 24, Acts 20, 24. There's something in this verse for each and every one of us that we can dig into, that we can dive into, that we can understand and be empowered by, be equipped with. 
And it's the thing that got Paul through all his adversity and his challenges. And it'll be the thing that gets all of us as men through our adversity, through our challenges, whether it's in family, whether it's in business, whether it's with the economy, whether it's because of the political uh, uh, climate that we're in right now, the world um, that we're all living in. Men, we are the light of the world. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And I want to make sure that we're not putting a lampshade over our heads. I want to make sure that we're all shining. Amen. But here's the thing. Just because adversity comes, just because challenges come, doesn't mean that we stop shining. In fact, it's one of the most important times that we shine. So right now, I just pray for you men. If you're going through a challenge, if you're going through a struggle, perhaps you know someone who is, God, we thank you for the grace that is upon us by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that your word is a sure foundation, that when we stand on your word and we stand on your promise, we're standing on your character, we're standing on your integrity, and we're going to make it all the way. Because Lord, you are both the author and the finisher of our faith. What you've authored in us, you're going to finish it. And we come together and we agree upon that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Marksman Podcast today. We will see you again real soon.